Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. Luke chapter 5, New King James Version. Going to continue in this series, Living the Supernatural Life of Multiplication tonight. I want to talk about the purpose. The purpose of multiplication. The purpose. Luke 5, verse 1. So it was, as the multitude passed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And as he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat, and when he stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out, pardon me, launch into the deep, and let down your nets. Everybody say, let down your nets. Let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we've toiled all night, caught nothing. Nevertheless, that's your word. I'll let down the net. Notice it's not plural. Verse 6. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come help him. When they came, they filled both boats so that they began to sink. When Simon saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knee, fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, I'm a sinful man, O Lord. Verse 9. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to him, Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So when they had brought their, their boats to the land, they forsook all and followed him. Father, move in power. Thank you for what you did all day today, what you did in Bethel, Lord, over this past few days, what you've done over these past few weeks, bringing over 800-plus people to Christ and the stirring in Kentucky, the 400-and-something souls there. And that's just what we hear about. Lord, you're doing so much more than exceedingly abundantly above and beyond all that we could even ask or think. So give us living understanding tonight. May we never be the same. May your word run swiftly as you stand over to see it performed. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. The word of the Lord, as many of you know, and if you've been here for any length of time, the word of the Lord for 2019 is to multiply. And uh, we have said it this way in agreement with the State of the Church address that Dr. Morocco preached to us by video a, a number of weeks, month and a half ago. I am blessed, I will multiply. Say that, say I am blessed, I will multiply. Now we make it corporate and say we are blessed and we will multiply. God wants to multiply you. God wants you to be fruitful and multiply. It's a, it's a command and a, and a blessing both. And we've been teaching along those lines about living this supernatural life of multiplication. God wants you to multiply. He wants your family to multiply. He wants relationships to multiply. He wants your resources to multiply. God wants to multiply his presence, his power in your life. Can you say amen? Amen. 
And so Luke 5 here is a powerful passage of Scripture. And it's a look at the, Peter's relationship with Jesus up to this point. You can go to John chapter 1 and read Andrew, Peter's brother, John, son of Zebedee, Peter's fishing friends. We're following John the Baptist until John baptizes Jesus. or He says, behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And they then begin to follow Jesus and they become followers of Christ. And uh, in Mark 1, 16 through 20, and uh, Matthew 4, 18 to 22, is the record of Jesus calling them to follow him, but they're still fishermen. They're still fishermen. They're not, they're not the disciples as we think of them now. They've not forsaken all and followed him. In this text that we read, it see, you see that he forsook all. That means no longer is he a fisherman. He got a job change. What was it that caused him to change his professions, if you will? What was, what was it that caused him to forsake catching fish? It was clearly a miracle. You know, it's fascinating also to me that you don't hear this talked or preached about too much, but Jesus, who's many times referred to as rabbi, which is teacher, he gathered his disciples to himself very differently than any other rabbi did. All other rabbis, they gathered disciples of themselves if you study that, but Jesus did it very differently than anybody else did. You'll notice he never chose a lazy slacker. He always got another tax person, wasn't doing the right thing, maybe he was corrupt, but he was at least working. This incident forever changed Peter's life, and I've heard countless messages on this text, and uh, and and great one that that have impacted me from our, my pastor, from our senior pastor, Doctor Morocco. But this incident forever changed Peter's life. Let's look at it. He, uh, Jesus, comes to the lake, two boats. He's teaching. He's preaching. It's interesting to note that he pushes out a little bit. From the, from the shore. And what they now know is that sound over water carries much further. It, it, it amplifies. So I don't think Jesus had a sound man, but I am grateful for our sound men. God bless you. Grateful for a microphone. But he was pushed out, and, it, and it, it caused his voice to carry even that much more. I don't think he needed that. I mean, he, you know, obviously he taught at the... Sermon on the Mount, and he didn't need water there, but it is interesting to note. So he pushes out, he teaches. When he's done, he gives this command in verse 4. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let your nets down for a catch. Now, Peter is a seasoned fisherman. Odds are he's been fishing his whole life. His father taught him, and probably his father's father taught him. And they were fishermen by profession. And, and I don't know if you've ever been with a, with, a, with a real seasoned fisherman. I remember a number of years ago. Now, I'm still learning. And um, I remember down in the Deshka, we were in a boat. My son hooked into a king. And when he hooked into a king, I mean, I was so excited. And then his reel had a high-speed come apart. 
Does anybody know I'm like, snap, you know, reel comes apart, spring, loses, the handle's gone, and you have a king on the line. Now, what do you do? Ah, right. <laughs> Unless you're like a seasoned fisherman. My son was just a wee lad back then. And everybody's going, real, real. He's like, it's broken. <laughs> I mean, it was like a fisherman's nightmare. And the man that we were with, he's a seasoned fisherman, man. He, I mean, he's just like, he's like a fish whisperer. Does anybody know a fish whisperer? He's like, and the, and the fish just comes. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So he's like a fish whisperer guy. He, he takes a pole and he begins to finesse this fish. I mean, it was like this, it was like this interpretive fish dance that he did, you know? And, he, and, he's, and, he's, and he's working it back and forth, and he just tires it out, tires it out, tires it out, brings it all the way. It was, you know, it wasn't a whole bunch of line on there that he was able to finesse it. Work, walk back, wish your dad. Walk back and forth, brought it close enough, and then we were able to get it in the net. And we're like, yes! Okay, Peter is a seasoned fisherman. He's not just some guy who decided to go fishing like, like I do occasionally. Now, he's a seasoned fisherman. That's what he did for a living. And so Jesus comes. They have fished all night and caught zip. Nothing. Nada. That's Spanish for zero. They didn't catch any fish. And Jesus, he stops speaking. He says to Simon, launch out into the deep and let your nets down for a catch. It is the time of fishing is far gone. It's not time to fish anymore. The time of fishing is over. How many of you know you catch more fish in the morning? There's like four people that know how to fish here. I'm just telling you they, that you can catch greater fish early in the morning when you're in the rivers. It starts getting hot. They hide. They, get, they, they, you know, they, they go to a cooler place or whatever. I don't know, a cooler place at 38 degrees. I don't, I, anyway, I don't know. But I know that you can catch better, more fish in the morning. So Jesus says, launch out in the deep and let down your nets. Your what? Your nets. Simon says, dude. We fished all night. I hate doing all-nighters. Does anybody like doing all There's some people that are like so into all-night prayer. God bless you. May he anoint you and you have an amazing time. The only time I'm doing all-night prayer is when I'm in travail and troubled. And then I'll pray all night because honestly, I wish, I know you're more spiritual than me, but I wish I was sleeping, but I can't sleep because I'm troubled. So I have to pray through and that becomes an all-night prayer meeting. But I, on purpose, don't think, oh yes, like the Hergolots. These guys live for all-night prayer. Love you. Welcome home. Yeah, just go. Oh, I just want to pray all night. And if you have that, you know, God bless you. That's awesome. I don't really have that gift. I'm not asking for it. I don't. Settle down. Ushers. Who are that? Peter obeys Jesus to do something he thought was a waste of time. Nevertheless, fine, but you're the rabbi. I see you have this massive crowd. You know, okay, it's not going to work. I'll let down the net. You want me to let down the Listen, I'll put one in the water, right? Okay, I'll put one net in the water. And he goes out and he obeys. And he receives the largest catch 
I heard Dr. Morocco say this. There's no way for me to prove that it's actually the largest cache he ever had, but it did sink two boats. I would say most likely it's the largest catch of fish he has ever had in his life. And while his boat is sinking, can you imagine? It's like, go ahead, let down the net, let down the net. We're letting it down. Lord. He let down the net. All of a sudden, the boat starts to go over sideways, and he can see the net teeming with fish, and he's like, hey, help us. And his friends are like, holy cow, and they push out from the boat, all right? They weren't all sitting there waiting for the massive catch. It, like, took them by surprise, and he caught the largest catch he'd ever seen. And Peter knows because he knows. He's a fisherman. He knows when that happens, oh, God. This, this is God. This is supernatural because there's no way the multiplication of fish could take place. I've never seen any. It's not even the time that you catch fish. How is this happening? And he, he knows it's an act of God. And this act of God causes him to be humbled and he repents. He repents. When he sees a miracle, he's like, oh, Lord, I'm a sinful man. He had met Jesus before that but he wasn't following the Lord at this point. He's humble and he repents and he, and he heeds Jesus' call in his life. He forsakes all. Very simply tonight, God is able in your most vulnerable moments to demonstrate his power. In fact, when God's power comes upon someone who's strong and God shows off through somebody who's strong and smart and wise and has all the seemingly gifts that would needed, it's not really all that big a deal. But when it comes on someone who's weak, when it comes on someone who's maybe, who, who, who's maybe you know, not the strong one or, or able as the world might see it, he steps over qualified people and will anoint those who are just willing to do, the, to do what he says. He steps over those who are seemingly qualified in the eyes of the world, and he'll use them if they're willing. Peter was reluctant. I, I don't know if you've felt like Peter before. I have. You know, fine, Lord. And then he comes through, and you're like, oh, God, I'm so sorry. Like, shoot, why didn't I let it down two nets? I'm so, oh, God. He just let down one net in this text here in Luke. God is able at your most vulnerable moment to demonstrate his power. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you have need of. I do know the Lord a little bit, and I want to tell you, wherever you are, whatever you're going through, no matter what age you are, where you come from, God is able to demonstrate his power towards you. The key to multiplication here in this text very clearly is obedience. Oh, you can, you can say, I'm blessed, and I'll multiply as much as you want, but if you live like a dog, you ain't going to get much multiplication. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You can tithe, but if you go home and, 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 and kick the dog and curse the wife or curse the dog and kick the whatever your combination of disobedience is, it's not going to release the blessing of God. You've got to obey. You go home and kick the dog and curse the husband or curse the husband and kick the dog. I, I don't know, you know, whatever it is, you must obey. Trust and obey for there's no other way. 
to be happy in Jesus, you must trust and obey. You should say, I want to do a video. I want to set up a camera right here on Pastor, so just looking at Pastor Karen, so that when I'm preaching and singing, that I can capture all the faces that you make at me. And then I want to, I want to broadcast them. I want to make my own YouTube channel. The many faces of Pastor Karen while her husband is preaching. You should see. She's like. So when I sing baritone, my lips sort of do this ugly thing. So she's like, don't do that. <laughs> she doesn't want me to make the ugly, trust and obey. Anyway, let's get back into obedience. The key to multiplication is obedience. You must have a relationship with Jesus and hear his voice. Listen, if you're gonna multiply, if you're gonna walk in the blessing of God, if you're gonna have multiplication, the first thing is you gotta have a relationship with Jesus. That's the first thing. You have to hear his voice. My sheep know and hear my voice. He wants to speak to you, he wants to tell you what to do. Many people aren't willing to obey, including Peter, the reluctant obedience. You know, delayed, obe delayed obedience is disobedience. You gotta do what he says. Somebody say amen. amen. The purpose of multiplication. You say, where do you get that, Pastor? Well, look what he did. Why would God, why would God speak to Peter? Jesus is God. How many of you know that? We're not a cult. Cults say that Jesus is not God. You can't destroy the Godhead, right? All right. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the three in one God. Jesus, God, speaks to Peter, says, let down your net. Why would he do that? Well, he wanted to bless him. Okay, he wanted to bless him, but there's more to it. There's a purpose of multiplication. Why would God give you the biggest catch that you've ever had in all your life? Why would God open up the floodgates and rain on you? Well, that's a good question. Look what happens here. I think the first thing is to humble us. And recognize how unworthy we are of God's grace. It is God's grace. It is impossible for Peter to catch these fish. But when God does it, Peter's like, you know, I'm sorry. Like, you're God. We all need God's grace. Every one of us. Every one of us need to walk in humility. Who's the most humble person here? Just raise your hand. Right again. You want to pray for your boy right there? Just lay hands on him right now. Amen. Hallelujah. Me, I am. I'm the most humble. Okay, that would be a disqualification when you're lifting your hand, declaring you're the most humble person. Okay. All of us need to walk in humility. Humility is a magnet for God's favor. Meekness is a magnet for the favor of God. And that's totally contrary to the systems of the world. I mean, you can read, read and study the Sermon on the Mount. I mean, the meek will inherit the earth. When multiplication is drawn to meekness, that's totally opposite of what the world would say. Step over someone, get all you're getting, get, get what you can. That's the opposite of the world. In the kingdom, humility 
brings God's favor and multiplication, not pride. And to enter into the mission of the Lord, the, what's the purpose of the multiplication for you for Peter? It's to transfer him out of the fishing industry into, into the kingdom, into the mission of God. When God multiplies you, it, it causes us to walk in greater humility. But the next thing it ought to do, the purpose of the multiplication, the purpose of the blessing is to move you closer to him, walk, cause you to walk in greater humility, and then release you into his plan and purpose for your life and for those around you. It's to, it's to reach people. It's to reach the lost. He'll make you a fisher of men. Whoa. Who was that? Was that Pastor Vince? Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Everybody was kung fu fighting. <laughs> hey! Okay, it has nothing to do with the message. It's just my unusual mind and how it works. And I had to be Minister Ava. Let's pray for Minister Ava. Father, help her right now. Hallelujah. <laughs> Shot you, cat. Ah! <laughs> You pray for Pastor Karen also with the unusual mind of her husband. Whoa. Can you play that? <laughs> God's purpose in this text for Peter, God's purpose becomes Peter's highest priority. When you multiply, when God rains on you, I, we've had this, my wife and I have had this happen. We've, we've been, you know, years ago, we we're, were starting out a ministry, and I was going to say we had nothing, but actually we had everything because we had Jesus. Monetarily, I mean, it was, you know, thin, but God would always come through for us. And, and I have sat in my driveway, you know, having prayed and, and, and declared and sowed and tithed and believing God, you need a car, that kind of thing. I've had this happen. And one show up in my driveway. That's happened. Is it three times? It happened three times. Three times. And I'm not talking about like letting everybody know you need a car. You know what I mean? And manipulating people and all of that. I'm not talking about that. He said, that's because you're a pastor. No, not even. Wasn't even a pastor first time. And I've sat in my, sat in my new vehicle in my driveway, weeping with my hands raised. Oh, God, you're amazing. That's happened every time. Weeping, crying. Oh, God, you're so amazing. That he would bless you so big and multiply you so amazingly that you would sit there and cry and go, Oh, God, you love me. You love me. You love me. That's what God wants to do. That's, this, that's the kind of season I'm talking about. I'm the, uh, the kind of season where you get a call and you show up and you're like, oh yes, this house, it's yours. Can you believe for that? Would you believe that God would just rain on you like that? That he would just cause a release of his blessing in such an amazing way that you'd be so humbled that you just sit there and cry because God is God and let every man be a liar. You just sit there and go, oh, oh, you're good. Your grace. And then realize he's given it to you. He's blessed you for the purpose of the mission, the plan, the kingdom. And you sit there and you're just like, wow. All right, what do you want me to do now? 
The purpose of multiplication is to humble you, cause you to go into repentance and a deeper walk with Jesus and also to release faith to enter into the mission of God that he has to release the kingdom all over the earth through you, through you, through you. And that serving God would be your highest priority. Not long ago, I was talking to somebody who, uh, they were in ministry a number of years ago, and they are not in ministry now, and they're really glad they're not. And as I was talking with them, they said, oh, no, I'm really glad I'm not in ministry now. Do you know, I now have money for retirement. I now have, I'll retire soon. And uh, I thought I was just going to keel over, you know, after serving the Lord my whole life. I thought I'd just keel over and not have enough for my family. And as I listened, I just thought, whoo, that's not the plan of God. I'm going to tell you right now, that's not going to happen to me. I ain't keeling over either. 120, preach, praying, and prophesying. And I'm just going to, listen, I'm going to tell you, God... God is going to make me a very prosperous. I'm prosperous already. Come on, someone. God is going to make me very. Why, why would he do that? He Listen, he elevates men and women of God. Why? For the purposes of heaven. That's why. And if you start thinking it's you, he can, has no problem humbling you. None. He could take it in one moment. It's like, oh, you can't handle that? Let me help you out. Zip. <laughs> yeah. Come on, God wants to bless you. God wants to multiply you. Why? Because So that God's purpose becomes your highest priority. It doesn't matter the trial you're going through right now. God will strengthen you. He'll release what you need if you'll just cleave and hold on to Him and trust in the Lord. He will release multiplication. Why? The purpose to humble you, to teach you to obey and walk in His grace and know that without Him you can't do it. Secondly, to enter into the mission of the Lord, to fulfill his plan and purpose for your life, to bring the kingdom everywhere you go. And thirdly, God's purpose becomes their highest priority. God's purpose will become your highest priority. I'm going to tell you the purpose of my life. You know what it is? Oh, I've got stuff to do on my house. I've got a kitchen I need to renovate. Dude, I've got little projects. And Come on cows to milk moose to shoot fish to catch but none of that is my purpose no 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 my purpose is to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ with my with everything that I have within me and listen let me just tell you that's your purpose too and you can do that as an ordained plumber, if you will, or I'm using the word ordained in that. The next move of God, let me tell you what it is. The next move of God that comes is a saint's movement. It's, it's, it's God's people coming to understand their role in the kingdom. I, I talked this morning about, about this gentleman that I picked up. He was hitchhiking on the island of Molokai. I didn't share it in all the, all the, all the, all the uh, services, but I want to share it again. I picked him up, and I began to witness to him. He says, oh, no, I go to church. I said, oh, yeah, awesome. Where do you go? Oh, so-and-so over here. Oh, great. He says, we have two vessels in our church. I'm like, is that like a vase or something? 
what do you, I said, what do you mean two vessels? He says, two vessels, two chosen vessels. I said, what do you mean by that? As I'm driving, he says, they pray in tongues. I said, okay. And they prophesy. I said, dude, that's for everybody, man. He said, no, no, those are chosen vessels. I said, you want to show me where that is in scripture? Because it ain't in there. And we start talking, he realizes I'm a pastor and he wants to get out of the car. But before, before he got out of the car, I let him know, bro, if they're teaching you that they're the two chosen vessels or something, it's a cult. I would get out of that place as fast as you possibly can. He didn't like me so much, I never saw him again. I don't know what happened, Pastor Kirsten. God wants to make you a, you are a vessel. We carry this treasure in earthen vessels as a plumber, as a teacher, as an electrician, as a doctor, as a lawyer, as a, as a carpenter, as a mom, as a dad. You have the power of the Holy Spirit. The next move of God will be you awakening to the reality that he wants to bring multiplication on you, fill you full of glory so that you can then go and bring it everywhere you go. That everywhere you go, the temperature changes. Everywhere you go, people begin to be brought into an encounter with God. You are a thermostat, not a thermometer. You will change the very places that you walk into if you'll get a hold of your God-given, blood-purchased right as a man of God, as a woman of God. You don't have to sit back and hope that one day you're going to be blessed. You are blessed. Let down your nets for a catch. Trust God. Speak life. Obey. Go deeper and deeper into the things of the Word. Deeper and deeper into the things of prayer. There's a purpose for the blessing, and the purpose is to release the kingdom of God to touch and save as many souls as we can to teach them the same thing that we know so they can walk in power, truth, and authority. And then the end will come. Can you say amen? Stand up on your feet. Reach your hands up and call on God. Come on, call on Him. Come on, call on God tonight. Hallelujah. Glory. 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 Come on, lift your voice. Come on, lift your hands. Lift your voice. And the Lord says, I did as I did with, with Peter, so I am doing with many in this house for those who can believe me. And I see a picture even now, and I don't know where the text is, but the Lord speaking to David. I think it's the issue with Bathsheba. He gets rebuked. I mean, he's busted. And I, I'm, I'm trying to remember this as best I can. And the Lord says, I did all of this for you, and I would have done even more. I would have done more. Don't limit God. Don't limit Him. Don't let down a net. Let down the nets. Obey Him in everything. And watch and see the glory of God manifested. For many are going to step up and step into a new anointing and revelation and humility and grace. My power is going to flood and fill them going to have a series of divine appointments are being released in this next season, says the Lord. You're going to find yourself in line. 
just filled with joy conversing with another and out of that conversation you realize that's the person you needed to meet. A series of divine appointments are going to take place and unknowingly many will even be ministering to angels unaware. As it says in Hebrews, my power is going to be manifested through those who hear and obey, walk in humility and understand the purpose of the blessing of God. The multiplication has a purpose and it's to reach the earth with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. The purpose of the, the church on the hill is not so that we could say, oh, we've got the prime. Don't ever even think that. If you thought it, repent. Don't think that, oh, oh, yes, oh. The purpose is to reach the lost. We will never lose sight of that. Never lose sight of reaching the lost. Never lose sight of bringing the kingdom and healing the sick. The problem with moves of God, they usually last about three years. Like a real revival usually lasts about three years. Even, even in scripture you see revivals didn't last all that long because the leaders end up getting filled with pride. Or the, or the, or the, the people get, end up getting filled with pride. The Azusa Street Revival, that thing, they said that thing ended because somebody got a hold of the mailing list and started using the mailing list for, for their own gain. Or you can study the back and, and talk to those in the know, the Brownsville Revival. I don't know enough to say, but I've heard stories. I've sat with John Kilpatrick. I've heard things. I'm not going to repeat them. I'm just telling you, the devil hates revival and if he can get us over into ourself or over into pride. I remember uh, um, uh, Steve Hill. He preached in Maui all those years ago. I was his armor bearer. You know what that means? That means I got to pick him up at the airport. I got to drive him all over the place. And that guy had more props for preaching than I've ever seen anybody. I mean, he had like a ball and chain from the 1700s. and I mean, he used all kinds of crazy props for preaching talked, he preached a message. I'll never forget it. It was, let no man take your crown out of the book of Revelation. When he preached that, I realized, boy, that guy is saying something now, right there. He talked about how in the Brownsville Revival, so many thousands of, they had, they had so many multiple building projects, because you couldn't, you couldn't capture the thousands and thousands and thousands of people that were flying in from all over the world. Could God do that here? He could, if you keep your heart right. If we keep our hearts right. There's more than enough to fill every single church. Lord, I bless the new work at Change Point in the, in the middle school over there. Bless it, God. Fill it full of people. Fill every church full of people. Do what you want to do. In this message, Steve Hill, let no man take your crown. He talked about all the thousands and thousands of people. $4,000 a month toilet paper bill. Toilet paper, four grand a month for the church. That's a lot of toilet paper. That's. I wonder if they had to increase their sewage payment. I'm sure they did. You don't think about that kind of stuff. And he said that John Kilpatrick said, you know, all the all the tapes and video sales, now videos, VHSs, right? All the tapes and video sales. He said, you can have all of that. All of, the, all of the merchandise and all of the, all the messages and everything will go to you. And the Lord said, don't you touch that, not one dime. Because it was going to be millions of dollars, billions and millions. He says, you sow it. You sow the whole thing. Sow it, sow it, give it, give it. Don't let greed get a hold of you. And he obeyed. 
See, there's a test. There's, there's the test of the pit prophet in training for Joseph. There, the, there's the test of, of the abandonment of family, the, 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 the test of, of, your, of your integrity in Potiphar's house. There's the test of the prison. And there's the test of the palace. And the palace comes. And the palace comes when the blessings come so deep, so thick that it sinks your boat. And they tell you, you can't use this bank anymore because you need to get some other bank or you need to do like something else. So much gold on your table from your dredge that you just don't know what to do. I know what to do. Sow it. Give. Believe God to multiply. Listen, God will bless you. Why? For the purpose of the kingdom. Don't pass the test. Don't, don't fail, pardon me, the test of the palace. Don't do it. It ain't worth it. No matter what you, come on, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Don't fail the test of the palace. You say, God has blessed me so big. Good, then be the biggest giver you ever dreamed of. Out, get, try to outgive God, see what happens. Because if you don't, that thing will swallow you whole. Listen, I'm telling you. Lift your hands to heaven all across this place. There's purpose and multiplication. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.